where we're at in Romans is, is it's not a difficult portion of Scripture, but it applies so much to us today. And I've been going through, there, there's been a battle that's been going on, opposition. I feel it so strongly. And I, even, I got a hold of Tim and I was just like, Tim, I, I need a break from worship and I just need some extra time in prayer. And, and um, so I'm going to ask you to be praying for me over the next couple weeks. And today I just want to encourage you. We're going to be looking at Romans 1 and, and uh, we're going to start in 24. And uh, our world is changing rapidly. I mean, it's just changing. It seems like it's getting darker and darker. And last week I actually said that I don't think that we're going to see revival here in America. And I actually had somebody get upset with me, and that's fine. We can have a differing of opinion, but I believe that I'm going to be able to show you in Scripture that it's not my opinion. And I'm going to ask you today, whether you're here or at home, that you follow along and listen to what I'm going to share with you this morning. Um, I believe that this is very, even though Paul was writing this to uh, the Romans and to that area where the Christians had founded the Roman church in Rome. Actually, it was like uh, home churches at this point. But there was a group, a big, fairly big group and growing in Rome. And remember, I'm, Paul knew what he was talking about because he was actually writing this from Corinth which was considered one of the most perverse areas in the world. So he was not just going off the cuff. He was living in it. And he understood what it meant to be in an area that seemed like it was so dark. And again, the more and more I study this, the more and more I just say this is so prophetic to where we are today. So I'm going to read uh, some verses starting in verse 24. It says, Therefore God gave them up. And I want you to pay attention to those three words. Or forward, God gave them up, okay, as I go through this. Therefore, God gave them up in lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for the women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Now, I'm going to stop right there. And, and today, my heart is to keep this PG. So I'm going to ask God. I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to ask God to allow us to do that because I don't think we have to get graphic here. I think most of you are going to understand what I'm going to be saying. But there is things that we have to share this morning about the condition of our nation and our world. It might be very shocking to you. It always shocks me when I look up new statistics. Things that are happening, especially in our country. So I'm going to ask God to uh, speak through me. I'm going to ask God for his help this morning. I'm going to ask God to give you the ability to hear, but also to apply these things in our own lives. So, Father, we come before you with open hearts. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the book of Romans. And we thank you for the Apostle Paul being faithful Lord, depend these words that the Holy Spirit inspired him to pen. And God, I pray, Lord, that you cause us, Lord, to see how it applies to us today, how it applies to the world that you've placed us in. And God, we are here for a reason, and that is to show the world your glory, but also, Lord, to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So cause us, Lord, not to lose sight of that. Cause us not to throw our hands up and say, oh, we're done, we're going home. But God, cause us, Lord, to be faithful. Lord, to be those that are courageous, Lord, you tarry today because there's more people that need to know you. And God, you want to use us. So cause us, Lord, to be those that surrender to you in every area of our lives. Lord, cause us, Lord, not to play or toy with things in the world, Lord, that 
put your son Jesus Christ on the cross. But God, cause us, Lord, to, Lord, hate those things that you hate and love those things that you love. So, Father, I just ask, Lord, you just continue, Lord, just to guide us and lead us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week I left you with a, with a quote that the world, our, the health division of our country is actually trying to pass a law to where on birth certificates that there is no longer a gender marked. Now, our world is creeping pretty fast and getting deeper and deeper into those things that we're going to be looking at today. And I think about the Apostle Paul again. Nothing new is under the sun. We know that for a fact. The Bible tells us that. Solomon made that very clear. That nothing is new under the sun. But I do want to remind you of something. If you know anything about history, you'll understand that there has been empires and countries that have crumbled. Groups of people that are no longer here or in existence. I think of the Persians. I think of the Babylonians. I think of the Roman Empire. All those things crumbled. And they crumbled, especially the Roman Empire, from within. It always came from within. Even though there might have been opposing enemies, in Rome's case, it was actually totally within. But it always starts within. And I think about what God is saying here. In 24, in those four verses that we read where it said God gave them up. We've been talking about the wrath of God. And this is the most severe type of wrath that we could face as a country or individuals. Can you imagine this? Being a born-again believer who depends on God every second of your life. Who The one who gives us joy. The one that gives us peace. The one that gives us understanding even in all the nonsense. Can you imagine just being given up and being separated? I can't. It's a scary thought to me. It's a scary thought to me when my own sin interrupts my relationship with me and my Creator. That panics me. It causes me to run to God. And again, I love the new song that the praise team sung again this morning. I run to the Father again and again and again. I know what that experience is like. I love the... Lyrics in that song says, I wasn't created to bear this on my own. And this is why it's going to be so important that we start praying for one another. And again, uh, one thing that God had put in my heart when we actually came on as senior pastor here at the church, me and Missy said, yeah, we are going to answer the call to God, was to see the church actually act like the church. To fellowship. Listen, I love, and there's comments every week that I hear, it's so good to see people just sitting around fellowshipping after church. Jim Johnson, every time that he comes here, he says that. Bob McCoy, our missionary, visits many, many churches. He says, I love what I see at your church. And listen, I'm never going to be that pastor that shuts the lights on and off to get you out. I'm never going to be the guy that says, huh, mm, uh, uh. Now, I might just tell you, hey, just shut the door behind you. This is God's house. You'll protect it. Or I'll just hang out until you're done fellowshipping because it's such a crucial part of who we are. And we're going to start doing things like that again here at the church. You're going to start hearing of potlucks and things like that, dinners or, or breakfasts before church or, or potluck after church. And, and listen, we want you to come be a part of that because that's where you're able to connect with other people in the body to truly understand what their need is and how you can use your gift to bless them. But I think about our world. And for the person that got upset, I completely understand why, because that is upsetting to think that maybe we're at the point in our country where there is no return. That maybe we're in the point of our country where God has said, I've given you up. Now, in the body here in Rome, and the Roman Empire, you've got to understand what was going on there. Again, it was very sexual, perverse. The Greek word in this time would have been pornea. And when a nation is turned over to pornea, or 
is pornographic, God withdraws and he gives them over. And you say, well, pastor, are we really there yet? Absolutely. How many remember when the Internet was introduced? I was trying to think about this. I didn't look it up. I didn't get to my phone that's in my office. I was thinking, what year was it? Had to have been about 8045. Does anybody know for sure? I know I graduated in 87, and we still had typing classes at school. We had no computers at our school. Algonac High School, some of you are saying, yeah, I graduated in 87. We had computers. Computers were around. 83, so I was close. 1983, thanks, Jonathan. So 1983, the Internet came out. I don't think we got the Internet until like 94, 93, 94 maybe. Yeah, later than that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we didn't get hooked up to the Internet until it was like way, way past. I remember when we did, it was Juno.com. And how many remember the days? Beep, 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 connecting to your phone line. Anybody remember those days? I mean, that, that alone was entertaining just to listen to that, right? And then you get kicked off and it was this and that. And it was, it was probably a month after we got the internet that I went to a promise keepers rally. And it was at there that we signed up for promise keeper internet. Uh, just because I knew that the Internet was going to be a source and problem. Not only for myself, but for the church. It was in 1998 that I went back to school to start on a path of counseling, to become a counselor. And the reason why I did that is because Internet pornography had infiltrated the church by then. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't, I was, felt like I wasn't equipped to be able to handle it. So I went back to school. And, um, and that was the first thing that I got qualified for was sexual addiction. Because I was running into so many guys that were just overtaken by it, homes that were being broken up over it. I want to read to you just some statistics. This morning, I have to be able to set this up for you so you understand where we are as a nation. Pornography in the United States is a 16.9 billion business per year. 16.9 billion business per year. Every second in the United States, every second, 28,258 users are watching pornography on the Internet. 28,258 people are watching pornography on the Internet every second. Every second, $3,075.64 is being spent on pornography on the Internet. Every second. 372 people are typing the word adult in a search engine every second. 24 hours a day. In the United States. Every day in the United States, 37 pornographic videos are created. Every day. Every day, 2.5 billion emails containing porn are sent or received. 2.5 billion. 68 million search entries related pornographic or porn, pornography. 25% of total searches are generated. 68 million. 116,000 searches related to child pornography are received daily. Anybody here that doesn't think that we're not there? I'm just giving you statistics of people just searching. I want to share a few other things with you today because we're going to not only look at uh, the idea of just pornography because a lot of times we think that pornography is just between us and no one else. Well, let me tell you, that is the furthest thing from the truth. If you are viewing pornography, if, if pornography is a uh, part of your life, you are affecting more people than what you think. 
How does it affect us as Americans? There's about 200,000 Americans that are classified porn addicts right now. 40 million Americans regularly visit porn sites. 35% of all Internet downloads are related to porn. 34% of Internet users have experienced unwanted exposure to pornography through ads and pop-ups and misdirects, links and emails that are sent by a third person. One-third of porn viewers are women. These are the statistics, the newest ones that I could find. People, we have been given over to pornography. I've given you the statistics in the church. It's 86% of most men in churches today are viewing pornography. That keeps up going on and higher and higher every year. We're in crisis, and we've been in crisis for a long time. I realize as I'm speaking here right now that there's men in this room and possibly women, possibly teenagers that are involved in pornography and maybe you don't know the way out. Maybe you have begged God to take it from you. Let me give you a few other statistics. Today in the world that we live in, ED drugs, and adults that are sitting here, I think you know what that stands for, are given mostly to men that are 18 to 30. Young men that can't even have a normal relationship with their spouse, ages 18 to 30. That age 30 years ago was something like 50 years old to 70 years old. Mainly because of health issues. We live in a world that has gone completely crazy in a sexual matter. Three weeks ago, how many know who Governor Newsom is? Most of you probably do because it seems like he's on the news a lot. How many know who he is? He's governor of what? California, right? He introduced, and he's introducing the bill that sex offenders, especially pedophiles, are given a lot less time in jail or prison or altogether no time. And every Democrat in California voted for that. You know, I, 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 again, I'm trying not to be political here, but I still listen. If there's anybody here that's a Democrat, I'd love to talk to you after service or sometime because I don't quite understand how you can be Democratic and support the thing that the Democratic Party supports. Death to children, unborn. Allowing children to be abused with hardly any punishment. I don't know, I, I guess I just need somebody to explain to me how those things line up with Scripture. And if I say that this morning, that offends you, I'm sorry, but I need some understanding there. And maybe you're the person that might be able to bring that to me. It says this, Therefore God gave them up in their lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves. Because so I'm going to share another, and you can look this up. And I thought about putting this up on the screen. And I thought, no, I'm just going to read it to you. You can check it out. There is new studies that have come out in the last year and a half that anybody that has sex with a partner other than their spouse is a proven fact that they are destroying their own bodies and cells that God has put inside their bodies to cause their immune system to be strong. This study has been very, it's been researched in big ways in, in the homosexual community. 
a homosexual male that is not committed to a, I'm not even going to say a partner, but another sinner. They will have lewd acts with 300 partners in one year. That's the average statistic. And every person that that person has lewd acts with, homosexuality, sodomy, what happens is their own immune system is being destroyed from within. And they're passing something on that causes this person that they're committing lewd acts with to also be destroyed from within. It's amazing that God's Word is being proven and proven more the more that scientists discover things. Do you agree with me? I mean, it's just amazing to me the, these new things that they're coming out with. And it's like I sit back and it's like, I read that and I looked up the, the, the research and I was like, oh, yeah, duh. How many know that God has a plan? A great plan. And it didn't involve sleeping around until you got married. It involved no fornication. It meant not having sex before marriage with the person that you married. I think about the year that we got married, 89. you know how weird that was even in the church then? When people found out that I kissed my wife for the first time when we got engaged? The second time I kissed her, I might have been at the altar. Awkward. A little awkward. I should have practiced in the mirror or something beforehand. But, but, but the thing is, is this. You know how weird that was even in the church? And I grew up in a conservative Pentecostal church at that point. We have been given up lust of our hearts. I remember, and, and I think about this, how our world has changed. I was listening to a message by Pastor Jack Hibbs, and he was sharing some information about how the homosexual, I said this last week, 30 years ago we would have been hard-pressed to know somebody that was homosexual. Now it's hard-pressed to find out if there's anybody that's not in your family that is not a homosexual, claims to be homosexual because of what the world has told them, what pornography has done to them. Another statistic is a child that, that views pornography before the age of 15, it causes them to have a mental breakdown, whether they know it or not, and a breakdown that starts in their own bodies. It causes them to react as someone that has been sexually abused, even though nobody's ever touched them. Think about that. The Internet's been in existence since 83. I didn't look up the statistic, but I'm sure it wasn't long after that that it started being perverted. Our country has been given up to the lust of their hearts and to impurity. How many remember President Bill Clinton? Y'all remember watching that and hearing that on the news, how he lied about his sexual affair that was going on with Monica Lewinsky? And finally, the blue dress came into play. And finally, he was found guilty. Do you know that Bill Clinton's approval rating went up 10% that week from 49% to 59%? You say, what in the world? Why, why would his approval rating go up? Well, because we all like to know that we're just like other people. We all like to know that even the highest position in our country can fail and we can be right there with them. Listen, that was the sign, the first sign of this world and this country, this country being given over. It's when the country applauds 
evil. Approval ratings went up because of infidelity. This is the world that we're living in today. How many heard about the San Francisco Men's Choir just four weeks ago? Anybody read that? It's horrible. They came out with a song how they're going to get your children, convert your children over to homosexuality. And I've said this for years, and we've had people leave this church over this. And this is my stance, and we might lose some people today, but the stance is this, is that the homosexual community, they have an agenda. I recognized that when I used to do school ministry. They had an agenda in the high schools, in the junior high school, and even in the end of elementary school, in the schools that I was working in. There was homosexual clubs that would meet the same time that our Lost Bible clubs would meet. That's what caused me to get into the schools because I actually went and helped in a school district with a uh, youth pastor. His name was Patrick. And we went in there and that morning there was not just the Bible club that was meeting, but there was the Wiccan club. All the Wiccans that, you know, make the earth their God. And then there was the homosexual club that met down the hall. And this was 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago this happened. And it was at that point that I, I have to make a difference. I have to be able to start getting into schools. I have to be able to preach the gospel and God open doors in an amazing way. And we see many, many youth come to Christ. And a lot of them are serving in churches or are mission fields today or are standing in a pulpit preaching this morning. Just because our world is in chaos does not stop what God has commanded us to do. He's called us to be salt and light. And again, salt in Scripture, so often that is so taught, so wrong. Please go and check it out for yourselves. But we're told it's for taste. Listen, God gave us the thing about taste. What did He say? Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? But salt is about praise preserving. And in that day, they knew it better than us. We all have refrigerators. You go home today, you got a refrigerator you can open. You can put some bologna in that little portion of your fridge there that's supposed to be just right for meat. And it'll keep for quite a long time. In this day, they didn't have that. They had to use salt to preserve everything. That was the only way that they could keep meat to where they could eat it, to where it was fresh, to where it wouldn't go bad. Our work is not over in this township. Our work is not over in this state. Our work is not over in this country. So please do not hear me say that. But what I've said is this, is that we have been given up. We have been given up. And just like every other empire, one day this nation will end. I'm not a prophet, except when I preach the Word of God. I don't see the future, but I know the one that does. I know the one that has given us this Word this morning. And why has this happened? It says it in verse 25, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. It's because we have exchanged the truth. Think about this country. When it was founded, what was it founded on? Godly principles. The Bible. Principles from the Bible. Not totally perfect, but they did. And listen, I, I understand. I can go back in the history. I know some of the founding fathers did not even believe in Jesus Christ. I know the history of our country. But there were men that believed in Jesus Christ. They honored God. But I understand there was some deist that only believed in that there was a God and no Jesus. You can go into the Library of Congress and read about those guys if you want. Anybody here can do that. Go in the archives. I encourage you to do it. 
There's easier ways to do it than do that, but you can do that if you really want to. But have we exchanged truth for lust? Have we exchanged truth for a lie in this country? We absolutely have. How has it affected the church? How has it affected the church? Listen, my eyes in the last month has been opened even more to what's happening in the church as a whole. I look and I see preachers and and pastors and book writers that I actually read their books. I've sat there and I've watched them and said, Amen, that is truth. And I've seen them been given over to things that are completely ungodly. Whether it be critical race, whether it be things on homosexuality, it does not matter. We have seen, how many leaders have we seen fall over and over and over again? Especially in the last two, three, four years. Guys that ran mission organizations that were stealing money and left the country. How many ever went to acquire the fire? <laughs> Ron Luce is on the run. Anybody see the headlines this week? Brian Houston, the founder of Hillsong, is going to jail for hiding his own dad's pedophile ways, disclosing them. I say to that, amen, because he's a false teacher anyway. be best to see that whole thing crumble. I pray for his heart. I pray that he comes to the knowledge of the true Lord and, and our God, Jesus Christ. But our country has exchanged truth about God for a lie. This is what's going rampant in churches today, that homosexuality is no longer a sin. Let's just erase the teachings of Paul. Was he really a, was he really an apostle? He wasn't one of the original twelve. Or let's just this is gonna ruffle some feathers, but I'm gonna say it. Let's just all listen to Stephen Furtick and understand that we are little gods. That whole little God doctrine is so messed up, folks. You know where that took place first? Was in the garden. We eat of the fruit. What did Satan tell him? You'll know just as much as God. You'll be even with him. Folks, it's so important that we're not allowing this stuff to infiltrate the church. Now, I believe there's a remnant. Listen, I found something out, and and I did my homework. Listen, just because you pass something on to me does not mean that I'm going to actually go and research it for myself. But how many have been duped before? I have. So whenever something is sent to me, I always check it out. I always research it. And, and I found out that here are all these teachers and guys that I've watched in the last couple of years. I'm sitting there saying, what in the world has happened to them? I thought these guys were grounded. How many of you have been keeping up with David Platt? How many know his book, Follow Me? How many read his book? I did. By the end of that book, you felt like you needed to sell everything and go on the mission field. You know that David Platt lives in a million dollars? Do you know that? You can go online. You can check it out. A million dollar home. But he's telling you to sell everything that you have and that you're 75. Or I shouldn't say, I'm thinking back 25 years ago. Your $200,000 house you shouldn't have. You should sell it and give it all to the mission field. Hypocrisy. David Platt, somebody that has bought into critical race theory, that his church now is, they're saying, down 50, 57%. There's people that know the Word of God knows that that is from the devil. There might be some of you saying, how in the world are you calling people out this morning? Listen, we're called in Scripture to be faithful and call people out. To call false teachers out. How about Matt Chandler? Some of you know that it was actually Pastor Ted Branshaw that said, Matt Chandler is your man crush. 
I love Matt Chandler. I've read his books. I have not listened to anything that he said in the last year and a half. Because he's derailed. He's believing a lie. But then I find out that all these guys are getting their sermons written for them. There's a company that came into play back in 2009. It's called Docent Research Group. That's the official name. And Docent Research Group came into the church and pretty much said, listen, we can help you with resources. I listened to a podcast where I heard people like Matt Chandler saying, yeah, right away it kind of felt like cheating, but you know, once I got involved in it, I seen just how helpful it was. Then I heard guys like Mark Driscoll, who's going on his second church crumbling right now. And listen, I'm not saying throw everything out. I, I think about Mark Driscoll's doctrine. How many remember we went through that class on Wednesday night? That's what those values on the wall right there come from. But Jesus loves, He comes, He gives, judges, speaks, and creates. We put those up during that class, and, and I actually said, let's, let's not take them down because that is so true, and I love it. But Mark Driscoll said about Dozen, they do everything but cut my grass. That was a quote that he actually said. People like Tim Keller who said, man, they are great. I've not ever had ministry easy, as easy. And here, Docent Research Group has been writing sermons for pastors since 2009. For $3,500 a year, they will gladly take care of you. I didn't know about Docent until about a year, about a month ago, a month and a half ago now, probably a month ago. I was sitting on my lawnmower at home listening to a podcast, and I had a hard time sleeping that night. I came in, started researching who Docent was. Because I wasn't just going to believe what I was told, just like I tell you here every Sunday morning. Please be in the Word of God and everything I preach. Make sure that it's the Word of God and not my opinion. But Docent, you know who runs Docent? Homosexuals. Black Lives Matters advocates. Marxists. Void of Christians who are writing sermons for some of the biggest churches in our country. Check this out for yourselves. And we wonder what has happened in our churches today. The Trojan horse has been wheeled in the doors of the churches to believe things that are not true. The church, even the church, and I find myself, like I said, I've talked to Missy. We've had long talks about this stuff saying, man, pray for me. My heart, I don't want my heart to get hard. I don't like being duped. Do you? I've been duped a few times. I remember buying a Renault Alliance. How many remember the Renault Alliance? Most junky car. It looked horrible. It was an AMC put together by like three different companies. And when I went to go ask Missy to marry me, that was one of the things her dad told me. You have to sell your hot rod and buy a different car. Now, I had a Thunderbird with a souped up V8 in it that I probably, and I didn't know this, but I waxed that car like three times a week. I worked for Public Works, and I had a heated garage. We could take it in there at lunchtime. Instead of just sitting for an hour, I would clean and polish that car. I remember going to Bible school and racing people to Bible school in that car. I remember Missy's dad catching me racing down Marsh Road one time, going well over 120 miles an hour. And I remember him saying to me, you've got to sell your car. You're not going to drive my daughter around in that. Especially being married to her. So I sold that car to my brother. He crashed it. I don't know. It was pretty quick. Nothing against my brother. but And I bought this AMC. 
had like 11,000 miles on it. It Anybody remembers with those cars, it's not a cool car. It's right there with the Renault K-Car or Renault Alliance. Yeah, right there. Or the Chevy Chevette. Yeah. And this car was a piece of junk. Only car that ever left us really stranded. In fact, we went up camping this year up to, where was it? Newberry. And we got to re-remember being stuck in Newberry for like four days in a hotel room or motel room that you didn't take your shoes off in because it was just horrible. But we broke down there and the car couldn't start. Nobody could figure it out. I felt so bad. I was like, I've been duped. Of course, I didn't have the Internet to research it, right? Now we go, we're, we're looking at purchasing a new car, and I've been on Kelly Blue Book. I've, I've read all the, the, everything, the reviews about it, and man, I feel confident, but I also realize that God does bless, He doesn't bless, you know. But this is the way I've been feeling. I feel like I've been completely duped. I have no doubt that there's many mega churches that are using Dosen. So we wonder why these things have entered the church. It says, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And likewise, men gave up their natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, it's very interesting to me. We, I'm not going to... I'm going to be careful, but Paul here is talking about homosexuality. And it's funny that he brings up the women first because women are usually in that type of relationship the last of the least amount of numbers. And there's a reason for that because God has put inside of them a need to mother. Most women have got this God-given thing that God has put inside them to mother, to have children. And I thank God for our great moms here at Momentum Christian Church, and I encourage you to continue to be faithful. You've got one of the hardest jobs there is. There's no doubt about that. And I'm just not saying that to get points from my wife. You guys have so much influence. And I pray for you daily, and I thank God for you. But in our country today, there's never been more, and I didn't look up the statistic for this, but I know it to be true, women that have turned to homosexuality. I remember doing a, I remember doing a rally at a high school one time, and we had a guy come in to talk about sexual purity. I'll never forget this. It was in a gymnasium. And they had actually split the guys and the girls up. So girls were on one side, guys were on the other side. And the speaker started to speak and he said, what do you all think about men doing lewd things with men? And this is what you heard in the gym. Ew, ah, ooh, gross. But then he said, what do you think about women doing lewd things with women? It was the direct opposite. Snickers. (laughs) Snickers. <laughs> Ooh. I remember witnessing this. Because of pornography, that's not even viewed as homosexuality. But it is. God makes it clear right here. And we have never seen the wrapped up of, or, or the ramp up of, of uh, homosexuality between women like we have in the last decade in this country. Women having unnatural relationships with women. And he says this, And then the men likewise gave up their natural relationship with women. 
And we're consumed with passion for one another. Listen, this is what pornography is doing to our children. This is what pornography is doing to our world. This is what pornography is doing to generations. Remember the statistic that I shared with you that anybody that views pornography under the age of 15, it actually causes them to realize and have the same effects as somebody that's been sexually abused? Think about the years that have went by. I shared the statistic with you about young men that need need ED drugs. Ages 18 through 30, those are the most, uh, the users of those drugs. I think about God speaking here about the due penalty of their error. God has a perfect plan, and it's to be married. I believe it says in Hebrews, the Apostle Paul says this, that the marriage bed is undefiled. God makes it clear that He has a perfect way, and when we go outside of God's perfect way, these are the things that happen. I know this is contrary to the world. I'm, I remember when our, I, I think I shared this a couple weeks ago, when our uh, wedding announcement went out over the papers. I had, I had, I wouldn't say they're buddies, people that I had shared Christ with and, and went to school with that we were on sport teams together, show up to my house drunk, telling me, trying to drag me out of my house, saying, you can't get married. You gotta sow your wild oats. So contrary to what God's plan is. To our teenagers here, God has a perfect plan. He has a spouse for you. Someone that He is hand chosen for you. Because again, I believe that God predestines the steps of a righteous man. I believe that God sees us, as Scripture says, even before the world was formed, and God's timing is perfect. And it says this in verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to to do what ought not to be done. In fact, they... Mock God. What is the symbol of homosexuals? Rainbow, right? They've taken a promise of God that God has given people of this world that He promised us that He'd never flood the earth again. Promise of life. God's going to destroy the earth again, but it's going to be by fire, and I'm glad I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to want to be here. You're not going to want to be here. So if you're not saved today, you have an opportunity after service to do that. But it says in verse 28, and since they did not, I'm going to read it again, since they did not see fit to notch God, God gave them up to a debased mind. Now what does that word debased mean? Let, Let me get us there. Up to this point, I haven't looked at my notes, I'm sorry. Let me get there. There we go. A debased mind is a mind that is worthless. This is what it means in the Greek. It, it's a rejected mind. It's, it's a mind that is cast away. This term in Paul's day was, was a term that was used in a refining of metals. We know in Scripture and other places of Scriptures, I think about Job, where it talks about he actually asked God to refine him like gold, to remove the dross. Listen, this is what this idea of debase is. It's the idea of it's worthless, it's rejected, it's cast away, it's not worth anything. And God says this, that he gives them over to a debased mind. 
to do what ought not to be done. They don't even know that they're harming themselves. I'm gonna I'm gonna end right here. Because I think it's important that I end and let you know what our stance here is at Momentum Christian Church. Momentum Christian Church, I've preached this before, and we've lost people because of it. This is what I was talking about earlier. Anybody that you know is homosexual or living that lifestyle, this is what they should know about you. They should know that you are loving. They should know that you're a person that cares. They should know that you are a Christian. I said this before, if you have a homosexual neighbor and that neighbor is sick and ill and you have a snowstorm, they, I would think that you would go over and plow their driveway out and maybe bring them soup. Show them the love of Jesus Christ just like we would anyone else, but they must also know that you are a Christian and they must know because you have shared it with them what God's Word says about the sin that they've allowed themselves to be devoured by. Listen, for those that have an agenda for our children, I will fight tooth and nail. And I hate that. I hate the agenda because it's evil. Church, we are living this out in our day. If you don't think that our country has not been given over after the statistics that I've shown you, I've read to you. You can look them up yourself. You are fooling yourself. This is why we're seeing the decline. You know, I was talking to somebody and and uh, and they were saying, well, if we can just get the Republican Party back in, listen, our hope does not rest in a party. <laughs> you know, how, how many have seen some of the names released in some of these pedophile? Reports. How many have seen the names of people that went to, who was the guy's island? Um, Epstein's Island. Anybody get thrown back by that? Ooh. So what can we do? Well, I'm going to ask you a question because I didn't get to that verse. We're going to look at it next week, but I want you to think hard about this. It says in Scripture that we should not laugh at sin, that we should not condone sin. But I think about the condition of the church. What has happened to the condition of the church where all of a sudden things that are holy is, uh, or things of our obedience is seen as uh, legalism? I think some of the shows, I think of last year where somebody was trying to tell me that they were hearing from God and 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 yet they binge watch shows like The Office. <gasps> I'm getting under some people's skin here now. Listen, me and Missy watched The Office. I think when it came out, and we stopped watching The Office. Do you know why? Because they promoted homosexuality. They promoted fornication. They promoted everything that I just went through in Scripture. But I looked that up, and that is one of the most watched shows amongst Christians as far as comedy in the church. So we sit there and we applaud it. We all laugh when, and I, and I know these names because I said we watched, started watching it, and I've researched this. When Angela and Delight fornicate, we laugh about it. When the one guy has a homosexual relationship and talks about that and uh, throughout that whole show and we laugh about it. 
fact, this person actually told me they were binge-watching it as they were telling me that they were hearing God. The Bible says, Be thou holy, for I am holy. In so many ways, without maybe knowing it, we've promoted this. And it's not just going to pornographic sites. I don't know wherever you are in sports or this and that, but you know, me and Misty, we've taken a hard stance about some things just because of our stand on them. But we, 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 and again, this is my personal conviction. We have not watched sports, and we will not watch sports. I refuse to watch. Anything. Recently something was said, well, I know Dave won't want to watch this. I kind of felt like an outsider for a minute, you know. I was like, huh. Yeah, we know he, he won't watch that. So we won't, we won't invite him. Church, God has a remnant. I want to be a part of that remnant. I want to be faithful. In my daily walk, I want to be faithful to his word, to his church, to my wife, to my family. Listen, if you're here today and you're involved in pornography, today is the day for you to be set free. It's going to take you taking steps of obedience to do that. Steps of obedience might be because I've dealt with so many guys in this area. I've had to have guys throw computers out before and not allow internet in their home. Because they just can't handle it. I've had and had people put filters on the internet because they knew they had an issue. And, and, and that's a great way because I'm even in some ways some of those guys' accountability partners. Where I can see where they go online and... And they have some accountability. Sexual sin is one of those sins in Scripture that says it's a slippery slope. I could tell you real stories that would shock you of people in ministry, lay people in the church that got on that slippery slope and didn't stop. Only until they hit rock bottom and they lost everything. Family, ministry. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've been supporting these things. And I don't care what you say. You are putting those things put Christ on the cross. And we laugh at them. How can you watch a show on TV, listen, I don't watch Survivor. I don't watch The Great... There were shows that we used to watch that when they started off now alone. I, I told you, I watch alone. And they have not had anybody on there yet that is priding about their fornication or their homosexuality. When they do, I will shut that off also. Because I'm not going to condone those types of things. By me watching that, I'm giving money to that. We have to be different, church. We have been called to be different. You have been born to be different. We have not been created to be like this world. We are aliens. We are pilgrims passing through for something so much better. So much better than this. Listen, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Tim, if, if you could come up and um, if you could just play that song, um, the new song that we've been singing the last few weeks. Listen, if you're here this morning, you need to do business between you and God. And you can do it right where you're sitting. If you are involved in pornography, Here's another thing I've read. Do you know that they're introducing softer core pornography for kids that are ages 10 through 13? 
Do you hear what I'm saying? They're actually creating it because the regular porn that everybody engulfs is just too violent. It'll affect them wrongly. So let's create, let's create something mild that they can enjoy. It doesn't damage them as quick. That's lunacy. That, that is just idiotic. So if you're here today and you have an issue with porn, today is the day to, to deal with it. It might be, listen, it is repenting, turning from your sin and turning to God. That's what repentance is. It's not saying, I'm sorry. But it's also taking that step of obedience next time you're tempted. It's taking that step of obedience saying, I'm getting rid of the Internet. It's taking that next step of, listen, we all, how can I live without the Internet? Listen, I, I took a break off the of social media, still am. It's been refreshing. I think my platform there, using it as a pulpit, is getting minimal anyway. Listen, I'm not shrieking back and saying, hey, like, I'm not worried about, I've never been. Many of you that are on my social media know that's what I use it for. For a pulpit, for a platform to share Christ. But I, I don't think I have much influence anymore. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, yeah, maybe I have supported the agenda of the homosexuals by watching shows that I shouldn't, watching movies that glorify it, watching sitcoms that, I mean, I, I remember being with somebody, uh, I watched one episode of a show called With Somebody Once at a deer hunting camp. It was called, uh, what was it called? Uh, Charlie Sheen played in it. Uh, two and a half men. One episode, and halfway through it, I asked, listen, let's shut this off. Why are you watching this? All this guy's doing is, is treating women horribly as objects. Why would you fill yourself with that? Why would you laugh at that? Listen, today is the day to repent. Say, I'm not going to. I'm going to separate myself from that. I was never created to be a part of that. Maybe you're here today and you're sleeping around fornication. There's no easier way to put this, folks. It says in Scripture that drunkards, fornicators, they're not making heaven. But they've been led. I was sharing with Laura in prayer. There's somebody that I've shared that with uh, and, and and she gets so upset with me every time I tell her. But I show her in God's Word and she's been led to believe something. She said the prisoner's prayer. She closed her eyes and asked Jesus in her heart and she's good. I can't judge her salvation, but the Bible does. Today is the day to repent. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead us in prayer. I don't enjoy preaching sermons like this, but I know to be faithful to the text, I have to. To be faithful to you, I have to. I'm going to have to stand before God and answer. I'm going to be doubly judged if I don't share the truth, even when it seems to hurt. So, Father, we come to you this morning with open hearts, God. Each one of us this morning, Lord, we need to look inside ourselves God, you have placed us in a world, in a country that seems like you have given us over. But God, you have called us to be different. And so often we try our hardest to fit in. We try to fit in. We don't want to stick out. But God, you have created us, Lord. You have caused us, Lord, to be those that are like a city on a hill where people say, look at, they're shining. There must be hope there. there. There's something different there. Lord, you have called us, Lord, to be like salt, to preserve, Lord, your word and your truth in this world. 
And I think about the Apostle Paul in this time that he's writing this. He's in Corinth that is just overwhelmed with sexuality, that's overwhelmed with perversion. And I sit here today and I say, God, I can relate. Lord, I see it everywhere I go on billboards and commercials. Lord, I see agendas that are just evil being pushed. God, I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that you cause us, Lord, to have our eyes focused on you, Lord. Cause us, Lord, to hate those things that you hate. But God, cause us not to cause us to to get that confused because, Lord, the one that is the homosexual God, you have called us to love our neighbors, to pray for those that deceitfully use us. So, God, I pray, Lord, that you even use us. I think of our brother, Dan Hitt, who you've taken out of that lifestyle and you've used in a powerful way. And I see his wife and his beautiful family and how many people have been restored because of his ministry. So God, I pray, Lord, that you cause us, Lord, to love, but also, Lord, to share the truth in love. Because the most loving thing we can do is share your truth. And God, cause us not to compromise. And we know the only way we can do this is through the power of the Holy Spirit that you've placed in every one of your believers that have been born again. Cause us, Lord, to call out to Him. Lord, cause Him, Lord, to quicken us in our time of need. Cause us, Lord, to run to the Father with open arms this morning saying, I'm done. I can't do this no more. God, I can't do it on myself and by myself, but I need Your help. I need Your Spirit to lead and guide me. And God, I turn from that sin and I turn to You. Father, I pray, Lord, do a deep work in my heart. Do a deep work in everybody that's in this building today. Cause us, Lord, to leave your change. Cause us, Lord, to leave here with change broken. But God, I do know this because I've seen it. I see it in your word, Lord. You promised us victory, but it's taking that step of obedience. Taking that step of obedience. So God, I pray, Lord, that the people here that have allowed this into their life, that, Lord, that step of obedience is today when when they take it, God, you break something in their life. That you break this bondage. Lord, cause us, Lord, to have strong families here at Momentum Christian Church, Lord, because we are here, Lord, to support them in every way that we can. So, God, I pray, Lord, have your way with us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask him to lead us in this song. We're going to sing it through. And then you're going to be more than welcome to be dismissed. I need some prayer partners here, though. If you're a prayer partner, I'm going to be up here. If you want prayer this morning, we want you to come forward and receive prayer. And listen, if it's if it's simply the prayer, if you come up here and you say, I, you know what, it's unspoken, God knows. God says He hears our prayers even before we speak them. But if you want prayer this morning, we're going to be up here and we're going to pray with you. And the rest of you, listen, know that you are prayed for every day. We are doing this and walking this together. I'm right alongside of you. So know that you are prayed for. Know that you are loved. And I know this, that God has got good things in store for His people.